Hello, all of you listeners, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Chat, where we have so much to discuss about our soap operas and our talk shows and everything that surrounds the great world of daytime television. Before we hop into our hot topics, let's check in with our co-hosts first. Dee, how are you doing? I'm feeling amazing. I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> And Rodrigo, how are you? I'm doing great, Casey. And Mr. Allen himself, how are you? Meh. <laughs> what the hell? <gasps> okay, well, let's just jump right in. We're going to talk about CBS Daytime first. There is a bit of a shakeup. Um, on April 23rd, The Young and the Restless and the Bold and the Beautiful will close out their new episodes. Um, as we all know, they did shut down for safety concerns among the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, there is no word yet when they will be back in production. However, CBS is doing fans a service by deciding to air classic episodes all week long. Uh, the Young and the Restless will kick off their classic episodes on April 27th, and they will be themed weeks, which is so exciting. The first week is Catherine the Great, celebrating the life of Jean Cooper and all she brought to the role of Catherine Chancellor, and episodes that date back to as far as the year 1990. And over at the Bold and the Beautiful, they will be hosting the Escape to Monte Carlo week for all those fun and glitzy and glamorous location shoots to Monte Carlo. So, Dee, talk to me a little bit about this, and what do you think about this move for these shows to air a whole week of classic episodes? I'm super excited about Young the Restless airing classic episodes, because I'm going to see people that I actually care about. I'm so excited. I'm going to see black people. I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm like, yeah, I get to see Catherine. That was always my chick. I met her when I was a little kid. Uh, you know, I'm just like, I'm, I mean, I'm, I mean, I met her in real life, not like, you know, like Captain Chancellor. <laughs> you know, I met her when I was a little kid, and I actually thought she was Captain Chancellor, but whatever. But that's beside the point. I'm just really excited that CBS is going into that vote, and they're giving the fans what we want. It's like they actually were reading Twitter, and they, they responded to what we asked for. We asked for the classic. Whoever it is that's been pulling up these episodes for the past two weeks or whatever, on these Fridays, they need to give them a raise because they are doing it. So I'm just like, I'm excited, and I'm kind of like nervous anticipation, and that's me which episodes they're going to choose for that week. Uh, Bald and the Beautiful, you have been on the air since 1987. Like I said on Twitter, I need two episodes that have a 19 in the beginning of the year. I don't want to <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to see 50,000 weddings that didn't happen. I know that y'all do these location shoots, and they're wonderful, beautiful, and amazing. I want to see some history. I've been watching this show. I've been riding for this show. Since 1987, I need to see some episodes with a 19 in the beginning of the year. Can y'all do that for me? Please, Brad. I swear I won't drag you for a whole year. If you give me some wow. episodes, I'll answer things and flattery. Just give me some food and baby, and I will be happy. Just give
like yes. we're all Brooks bedroom week. That's what they need to do. We can do paternity test week. <laughs> There's so many different places they can go with this, but they showing us stuff that we still remember because it's still on some of our DVRs. Are you serious? It's on the it's CBS app. Bold and Beautiful has six years of episodes on the CBS app. They're there. We know what those past six years look like. Give me, instead of six years ago, give me 26 years ago, you know? Shake it up a little bit. Um, Alan, are you excited to relive the greatest moments of Catherine Chancellor? Rodrigo, Alan mentioned a drunk and a bitch. So, what do you think of CBS airing these classic episodes? One time for the young and the restless. They're the only ones doing anything right out of the four souls. If you're going to do a preemption, just give us some like classic episodes. We'll be fine until they get new episodes in. But I don't want to see like I'm. I'm I don't want to see episodes from. They got to be episodes from nineteen something. To be classic to me, still there's still classics in the early 2000s. You can still show some of those things, but I want to see real classics. Captain Champ. I want to see. They can't even take it back. If they take it back, take it back to Brenda Dixon as Jill Abbott. <laughs> I'll take that. Like, Hello, like, Catherine. And uh, it reminds people like Bill Bell was the master storyteller. He the way he weaved a story in and out. The canvas, like the big, they just showed them the 1991 Mastery Ball. Oh, yeah. With David Kimball, one of the greatest villains the show's ever had. And back then, mm -hmm. when you, Bill Bell, if you were a villain, you did villain shit. Like, you did shit like, but there would be consequences, which David Kimball learned after, you know, after a while. But the way he shot, he just shot Danny like nothing was, like it was nothing. And honestly, like, I was worried, and we all know the answer, but as I was watching that episode, it was my first time seeing it, so I really wanted to get in the moment. And I was worried. I was like, oh my god, what's going to happen next? And I knew it was just one-time repeat. <laughs> and that just goes to show what a master these classic episodes are in storytelling. Days in the 90s. That's where I got into bold in the 90s. 
and the high, the high, t- like the heyday of Brooke and Stephanie, yeah, and their rivalry, and you know, I even like Lisa Turtle on this show when Jeff, you know, when Mark Burgess was on that, like that stuff was good to me, and you, you know, going to the early two thousands with Jennifer Finnegan, Bridget, and then. I'll even take a week of the Avon. Give me a, a, an Avon week. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's the last best shit y'all have done on this show is the Avon. And I would see that, even if they, if they don't want to go far back. But I need to see some Susan Flannery episode. I need to see some, I don't think Rock Ma. I want to see some Rock Ma Ridge. Darling Connolly. I want to see all that. We need, we need to see, like, a whole, work is a whole week. They could straight up do paternity test week. They could do back from the dead week. I'm saying like every soap trope ever has been on both and the beautiful. But you showing me some stuff that I can watch on the CBS app for free. Are you serious? Why are we not doing, you know, if they wanted to go on location, why are they not doing like fashion week where they went to Portofino in 2001 and all these location fashion shoots they did that were actually a bold at its best. Exactly like, about a show that revolves around the, the first family of fashion. That's all we ever heard about the Foresters. You know, Ugh, it makes no sense. It, ah, I I just I can't with it. It makes no sense. So now, Rodrigo, I want to go to you and we'll transition to our daytime talk shows. Um, We need to talk about the Ellen DeGeneres show being under fire for lack of communication and major pay cuts for staff amid their production shutdown. So um, according to the trades, um, Ellen, who is now filming at home, is using none of her original studio staff, much like other at-home production talk shows at the moment. Um, Additionally, she is giving her staffers minimal answers about the future of their jobs. Um, And staffers are being given a 60% pay cut. Uh, Warner Brothers Television, who produces the show, said our executive producers and telepictures are committed to taking care of our staff and crew and have made decisions first and foremost with them in mind. Rodrigo, unpack your thoughts on this. Um, And do you think that Warner Brothers Television um, spokesperson is being hypocritical? I hope they can come up to a resolution. 
unfortunately, with a lot of jobs letting go of their workers, it's it's a it's a it's a clusterfuck right now. So everyone's taking the heat. Everyone's taking the fall. So at the same time, I'm not surprised at the turmoil behind the scenes because a lot of stuff is coming out now, and you're probably going to see more stuff coming out of this. So stay tuned. So, D, a lot of people took to social media to point out that they have thought Ellen was terrible all along and that her show needs to be canceled. And this is just further proof from how she treats staff members. So what do you think of this? When you see most talk show people, most talk show hosts, one of the things that you notice that's consistent across the board is how the talk show hosts and the people that work for them talk about being a family. You don't hear that with Ellen. With Ellen. I call her Ellen um, because I don't want her coming up and my mission is dragging me. <laughs> but I'm being honest with it. You don't hear those types of comments coming from that show. There, there's been a little bit too much fuckery going on over there. This does not surprise me. Um, I'm going to be real blunt. Ellen, you're rich, bitch. Why are you not paying your people? Mm-hmm. That's trash. Like, no matter how you look at that, that's trash. Your people shouldn't be on unemployment with you a millionaire. Like, how does that work? Like, what part of the game is that? Nothing that happens on that show surprises me. I've been saying it for a long time. I don't watch that show. There's just something. I don't watch clips of it, but I'm, I've never, I'm, I'm just not with the bullshit. And I've never really been an Ellis fan. I didn't like her TV show. I just don't like Ellen DeGeneres. It's just that simple. So, like, for me, I'm just like, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Like, n- nothing you could tell me from that show would surprise me because, you know, maybe her husband left her for a two. That, like, surprised me. But that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, if the wifey, if wifey left her for a dude, then I'd be like, oh, okay. But other than that, there's there's no, like, any allegation that comes with that, I'd be like, I believe it. I believe it. They're telling the truth. Like, there's just too many, and it's too much consistency. When you have whole Twitter threads about what a horrible person she is, and people can back it up with facts, like, come on. Now, Alan, um, what do you think of Ellen deciding to go with non-union members to produce her at-home editions? Ellen is not the only daytime talk show host to land in hot water. Dr. Uh, Mimidaz and Dr. Phil have also landed themselves in hot water. Um, both have made apologies for their statements about the coronavirus, um, but let's just dive right into it. Uh, 
D, we'll start with Dr. Oz, who uh, went on Fox to talk about reopening the economy. Um, he said, we need our mojo back. Let's start with things that are really critical um, to the nation where we think we might... Um, excuse me, <laughs> where we think we might be able to open without getting into a lot of trouble. I tell you, schools are a very appetizing opportunity. I just saw a nice piece in the Lancet Medical Journal arguing that the opening of schools may only cost us 2 to 3% in terms of total mortality. So, Dee, talk about Dr. Oz's statement and then him deciding to apologize. The only doctor that I cut for in this point is Dr. Pepper and Dr. J. Okay? Okay. Girl, I'm a teacher. Even deciding between 2 to 3% of my kids, I will fight you. I will fight you. There's a lot of kids out in my school. They're very touchy. They're always up in each other's face. Could be waterfalling drinks and stuff. No. Do you know how many kids would die? Would you be saying that if it was your kids? Would you be saying it if it was you? I don't need no compromise. Uh, what you trying to tell me, Phil? Like, what you doing? Like, this this is ridiculous. Like, just even saying to start with school, I'm like, who are you trying to kill off? Like, y'all already trying to kill off the old people. Now you coming for the young ones, too? What you trying to do? Just leave the, the middle-aged ones up in here? Um, mm. I said I wasn't going to say anything. I said I was going to not drag this man. He is not a real doctor, in my opinion. I don't watch his show. I said he's a quack for gears. I said that they need to put a daytime drama off in his spot because he wasn't worth it, and everything he's doing is just proving that I was right. So like I said, uh, I don't care. Bring back as well terms. I don't care what station you are. There's a soap you can bring back in his place. Take that dude off the air because he's a quack. I'm done. Now, Rodrigo, we all know on this panel that Dr. Phil um, and his show have been met with years of controversy ever since it came on the airwaves. Um, but Dr. Phil, <laughs> Dr. Phil said on his thoughts on the coronavirus on the Laura Ingram show that we have 45,000 people a year uh, die from automobile accidents, 480,000 from cigarettes, 360,000 a year from swimming pools, but we don't shut the country down for that. But yet we're doing it for this. Rodrigo, do you think this is just a classic example of a rich man out of touch with what is really going on here during this pandemic? Well, first of all, why even asking him for his opinion? He's not even a real doctor. Like, Dr. Phil's not a real doctor. Like, I hate to break to the people. He didn't even go to the Carnegie University. Like, I blame yourself on Oprah, because you brought this ass up. <laughs> and, like, like, he's been a pain in the ass ever since. He made that bad body girl famous. I, I hate him for that, too. Like, we... That's the problem with this. Like, why do we go to these quack... TV doctors, quote unquote doctors, who don't know anything. Why don't we have real professional medical, like real medical professionals that have years of experience, went to actual medical school, you know, licenses that are valid, that are like working right now, like not for television. Like, I don't, like, I've never been a fan of TV doctors or talk shows. Like, I, I'm like, I don't want advice from a TV show with doctors. I, I don't. I, I don't subscribe to it. Like, these people are fake. They're phony. 
somebody who plays a doctor on television, Alan Pompeo, who for 16 seasons has played the role of Meredith Grey on ABC's Grey's Anatomy, chimed in with her thoughts on Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz's comments. Ellen tweeted out, the old white guy TV docs who say stupid selfish shit should, yes, walk that shit right back to your lazy boys and sit your stupid asses down in your living rooms on your golf courses where you live. Tired, out of touch, old fools, don't get me started today. So, Alan, what are your thoughts on what Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz had to say, and what do you think of Ellen Pompeo's comment? I love it. I love it. I love it. I and I think as we noted here, like both Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil, organization of Marxist doctors, doctors, fucking said all that shit on his death call to the Fox News, which immediately invalidates what they said, because that, it's just, it just went to spout what the president wants. Reopen the country premature, and a bunch of people die, all for the economy. Fucking death calls. Well, it will certainly be interesting to see um, what the future holds, um, but for now, I think that Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil, um, which we should just be calling them Oz and Phil, because <laughs> the doctor is a little short-sighted, but I think they truly just need to keep their mouths shut, because of all people, they do not really know what's going on. They're so out of touch. And we already are being led in a direction of more death and destruction by this pandemic from a billionaire orange guy who doesn't care about anybody anyway. So we don't need it from two white guys on Fox News. We get that every day. Um, yeah, Exactly. I mean, and it's so absurd. I just, and why we're taking information from them anyway at this point in time is ridiculous. I don't understand it. There, there's no need from them. You know, shoot your at-home edition about colonoscopies and what fruit to eat out of your fridge and just leave the rest of the world alone. Now, let's get back to talking about our daytime soap operas. We have a lot to talk about concerning Days of Our Lives tonight. Uh, first up, we're going to discuss uh, Kelly Tebow's um, exit news from both Days of Our Lives and General Hospital. 
Um, it was revealed last week, even though we all been new for a long time, that Kelly would come on Days of Our Lives as a new character named Zoe. Um, but she already completed her filming. And additionally, she completed her filming and her return as Dr. Britt Westbourne on General Hospital. And the role of Zoe has been recast. Now, a lot of people have gone on to say that this was because Kelly booked an outstanding primetime role on Station 19. But there are alleged on-set difficulties from both sides of Days and GH. So, D, take it away. What do you think about this whole thing? Oh, Lord. That's my girl. I mean, I love Brett Westbourne. Um, I love this little Zoe character because she's speaking it to everybody and she's speaking it to Ray. So, like, on Millennium, I'm like, yes, girl, yes. She holding the whole family down. I'm like, okay. Storyline wise, I'm like, I like it. But I don't know what y'all are doing. Uh, something's going on behind the you know, behind the scenes, because I'm like, two shows, check, one show I can understand. Two shows, what are you doing? I, I, I need to I need to talk to some people, I need to see some videos, I need to know what's going on, because if you, you, how do you recast on a show that's filmed like eight months in advance? Like, what you doing? <laughs> like, hey, that's for real. Like, I, 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 I don't know how to reconcile that. I mean, she's a great actress. I mean, I love the bridge, okay? You know, that's my, she, she's my body bitch. I'm not going to front like she's not. I don't know what's going on. Kelly, call me. I want to talk to you, girl. But I'm like, I need to know what's going on. There's something going on. One show, two, okay. Two shows? Now you're doing the most. I need to know what it is. I need to, I need to, I need to talk to you, girl. Call me. You know my number. So... Rodrigo, Kelly never tweeted about going to Days Ever. Rather, it was excitement about joining the cast or even sadness about exiting the role so quickly. However, she did tweet about General Hospital, and she said, Just wanted to clarify some things. Unfortunately, yes, I don't have any more scenes on GH at the moment, but that could all change once productions start back up. I guess if y'all wanted more of the bridge, you will have to harass Frank and the GH writers. It's up to them. So, Rodrigo, do you want to see Kelly back on GH full-time? And what do you think happened at Days? Oh, damn. I, I want... When Bridge, the bridge came back to the hospital, I was like, yes. Like, Kelly Peoples, out of all the newbies, when Ron started, there was Dr. Bridge, there was Felix, there was Sabrina. She was part of that whole... That, that, new, that, new, that new crew. And she's the only one that, that's all... She's always stood out to me. I loved her storyline with, with Dr. Liesel and their mother-daughter dysfunction and her being the daughter of Faison and some good shit. Her friendship with Brad and everything. But they brought her back, had her sleeping with Julian all of a sudden, and she had like, one, good scene, one good day scene with Brad. And she goes to the yeah, she slapped Nicholas, and she went to the hospital, was back for one day, and all of a sudden she's back in Boston. She transferred to Boston. I'm like, um, okay. So, what was the point of this? Yeah, like, what was the point of all this? Uh, I'm hoping when the show gets back in production, maybe they'll write her back in, because the, the fan reaction to her return was positive. Uh, a lot of people enjoyed what they saw, but they're like, hmm. Why are we saying anymore? So 
Hopefully that'll be resolved. Her date's been, I'm, I'm assuming she got that stay because of her connection to Ron. Um, but what happened after that? Like that, her period, I was like, oh, this was a promising character. She fit in right in with the canvas. She had great chemistry with Gail and Gary, with what they had. And I mean, this could have been something, a good setup. Um, because Kelly's played these type of roles before. So she, I think she's the daughter of, uh, she's Orpheus' daughter. So, um, she could have played that role. She does, she did play the wrong daughter on Kelly, so that's the perfect role for her. So, I don't know what happened. Um, maybe she booked the role. Maybe she was difficult. I don't know how you lose two checks. Wally Kerb is not doing that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, I think she's, I mean, that's two chunks. I don't know what happened. I don't know what you did. Maybe. The bag. The bag. Getting two bags. And I was looking forward to her being on both shows. That would have been pretty cool. But anyway, but I wish her luck. Hopefully she'll be back on GH. That'll be my choice for her to come back. We'll be as bridge. But you never know in daytime. So never say never. So, Alan, would you like to see Kelly back at GH? Or would you like to see her at another soap? No, I don't want her back at GH. <laughs> because I don't, she doesn't have enough characters. We don't need another. We don't need Kelly Tybalt being allegedly difficult. And I do believe she was difficult. That's just my opinion. Because remember, she used to bang 7 BC. <laughs> he's a known diva. And if that's the case of men, uh, yeah, so, if you're in Art of Lost Soap, I hope, and the other stuff will probably write you out, that kind of equals, yeah, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so now we can come to the news that everybody is talking about. Um, Brandon Barish is back at Days of Our Lives. Well, it's finally been revealed after months upon months of everybody knowing from a leaked um, Instagram photo of him in the background. Um, but let's just get into it. Um, he is starting back up again. We'll see him again um, the week of April 20th. And Ron Calabardi is trolling his pastime at General Hospital by naming Brandon's new character Jake. Um, <laughs> D, I gotta let you take this one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Now you already know that I am a Brandon fan. I've been a Brandon fan. I'm always gonna be a Brandon fan. I got that man, Johnny Bacara. Yes. You know, when he came on and stepped in, you know, I was like, no, I'm a savvy fan. We've been waiting for our king to come back for so long. So you know we've been ready. We have been we have been just fanatic, just when we talking about what's going on, when we think it's gonna be, making all these lists. So we're super, super excited about this. We're ready. Okay. You know I love my uncle Ron and you know he is a petty, petty, petty little bitch and I love him for Jake Bruh. That is the best of best of best troll that you could possibly do. I started laughing. I'm not even going to lie. I straight up started Dr. Pepper out my nose because I was laughing so hard. I'm like, that man has no chill and no shame, and I love <laughs> it. I don't care what character he plays. He could come back. Now, I was about to say he could come back with Colonel Sanders, but they did that on General Hospital, and it was trash. 
I'm just saying, he could come back as a milkman and I would be happy. I'm just happy that Brandon is back. You can call him Jake Doe, John Doe, all the Doe's. I don't care. Bring that Doe back over here and don't let him go again. He was and he is an amazing actor. He brought so much to this role, so much to that cast. Everybody talks about how professional he is and he does bomb odds and he knows how to sing. I'm like, that man could do everything. Y'all better quit playing. But yeah, uh, as long as he isn't um, spending eight months um, shoveling snow, wearing clowns, <laughs> and all that other stupid shit that went over there on General Hospital, I'm okay with this. I don't care. I really don't care what character he plays. As long as he falls in love with my Gabriella all over again, I really don't care. So, Rodrigo, what do you want to see from this new character as Brandon Barish makes his re-entrance to the canvas? Well, I gotta give it to the King of Trolls, Rob Calavati. Uh, this was a boss move, and I think in Ron's mind, I might be wrong, but I think he, this is his way of doing the Jake Doe story he wanted to do about GH, and just using Brandon Barish's character, using Stephen character, so... We don't know, is he accepting or not? Is he a twin? Is he, like, that's what I'm excited about. Like, I know people want him to come back as Stephen, and, but that would be just too boring. I mean, I, I want Stephen back, too, but just to have, you know, we saw him get shot in the throat, and, and he was bleeding out, so we don't know what happened. So, this is a great mystery. I'm looking forward to Brandon and Camille's first scenes back together. Those two are just fire on pond fire. And, yeah. and, and I don't even think it will matter if he was playing Stephen or not. Because those two have enough chemistry to carry over to another character. So I'm very excited about this move. Hopefully this will be longer term for Brandon to be back on the show. I want this to be a long-term thing. I don't want to get invested, Ron. And then you're going to do some shit. And, like, pull the wool under us together. I want a full, invested story arc with these two. I think Louis Sorrell should be back soon as well as Vivian. So that would help propel the story even further. Uh, I'm very excited about it. So I'm, I can't wait to see Brandon back. He's one of the best actors in daytime. He took this role that, you know, everybody wanted killed off. He was But I was playing the role. I was like, hmm. But when Brandon came in and he just made that role on his own, made it his own so quickly. And I'm just, I'm very happy for this move. So I can't wait to see that. Okay. righty, And before we move on, we now have Tiggs with us. Tiggs, how are you? I'm fine. Hello, everyone. I'm here. <laughs> He's here. He's <laughs> queer. Get used to it. I'm like a motherfucker. <laughs> so, Tiggs, we were talking about Brandon uh, Barish's return to Days of Our Lives and Ron trolling GH by naming the character Jake. What are your thoughts on this?
And then, Alan, um, how do you want to see this character of Jake shake things up in Salem? I think what he said was twin. I do not want seven dad. I love her in the trash. I loved him for seven that run, but seven as well as fucking baggage. Fucking breaking Abby and fucking jizzing on the damn wig. And I just want a clean slate for Brandon Rash. And I don't want any fucking amnesia stories. Where he, because we fucking talk about the death now. Will had amnesia. Jack had amnesia. Steve had amnesia for like two minutes, but whatever, still. <laughs> I just I just want the fucking amnesia to fucking stop. <clears throat> Tiggs, do you think we will see this, though, being Stefan O's first death, and we'll just end up in this loop that Joseph Mascolo's character was in for three decades? Uh, I'm like, I'm like Adam. Adam. You know what I want to I'm like Adam. I don't know what I'm going he had a two business Well, I'm certainly very interested in this story. I think it will give Days of Our Lives a lot of fun stuff to do as we go into the summer. Um, I think it will give Camila some great work as she wrestles, because we all know it's going to be the tried-and-true soap twist. Oh my god, you look just like him, my the dead love of my life, and all that stuff. So I'm definitely interested to see it. Um, I do wonder, you know... Much like Alan and Tiggs, I do want this to be a clean slate. I would like it better. I'm usually not a fan um, of actors coming back to play a whole different role, but in this sense and on this show, considering how wacky Days is, it works so brilliantly. So I'm interested to see where it goes. Can't wait to see Brandon back. Uh, like D mentioned, can't wait to see him in those love scenes. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see where it heads. Um, D, where can our listeners head over to Twitter and find you at? Um, they can find me at TNCB. And the man to make it in the last final minutes, where can they find you, Tiggs? And Rodrigo, where can they find you? You can find me at Rodrigo World 81. And the lovely and elegant Alan, where can they find you? You can find me at Alan And you can find me at Casey S. Hutch. And you can even get connected with our show on Facebook and Twitter at the chat underscore podcast. Next week, we are doing a special top five episode as voted by you, the listeners. So be sure to head over to Twitter and vote in our Twitter poll so we will know what you want us to do next week for an episode. Have a good night.
wash your hands, wash your boots, wash your hands, wash everything, clean everything.